Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Government have been trying to say this has been unpredictable, but they need to be more creative and ambitious than that. I've had to go and set up a petition to try and get this over the line. I brought it to our minister, I brought it to the department. Nobody is listening. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 to Paul McCarthy, who was on the show talking about his TikToks and Game Changer and just a different mindset in life. Paul was on at me for a few minutes. I said I could have listened to him all day. The reaction to the man is phenomenal. I'll be talking to some people that he's helped a little bit later on this morning. Also, Valentine's Day is next Monday. Yes, it is next Monday which means there won't be a bunch of cheap flowers left in a garage in Cork by about 9 o'clock Sunday night. Not so much as a sprig will be be left in a garage on on Sunday night. But Valentine's Day is Monday. What star sign is most compatible with what? Are you married to a compatible star sign or are you married to someone who's a total disaster? Star star signs-wise, all right? Star signs wise, don't start telling me stories already. Which ones are most compatible? Uh, Crossy will be joining us to talk about the Brits, and I'll be asking, and I wonder what your thoughts are. Like, is Adele actually having a little poke here? Because it's just best artist or artist of the year now at the Brits. It's not female artist or male artist of the year, it's just artist of the year. You wonder, is, is Adele having a little kick here? understand why the name of this award has changed but I really love being a woman and being a female artist, I do I do I'm I'm really proud of us I really, really am, thank you so much thank you you wonder is she having a kickback there 0818 96 96 96 plus another 350 euro one for all voucher to give away with our friends at Board Gosh Poor Simon, home alone. I'll tell you more in a minute, but that's what I want to base it about today. Poor old Simon is home alone. <laughs> the irony of it is just not lost on me. That's to come. 0818 96 96 96. But first to the serious stuff of the day, the ongoing news story uh, from Fermoy, um, where a man uh, is due to appear before the district court this morning, Mallow District Court, um, arrested in connection with an attack on a young woman in Fomoy on Monday. Our reporter, Maureen Tuig, is across the story for us. Maureen, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Just bring us up to speed, Maureen, on what happened in the last 24 hours. 
Yes, yeah, so you're right there. There was a man arrested as part of the investigation into the alleged sexual assault of a teenage girl in Fomoy. It happened on Monday in broad daylight at around 1.20pm and he's due before Mallow District Court this morning. So it happened in a part of Fomoy called Chapel Square. Now I was down there yesterday, PJ, parked in Chapel Square. It's, it's a lovely spot right next to the, the church in the town. And uh, as I say, broad daylight, 1.20pm on Monday afternoon. Now it's understood that the attacker fled the scene when two young men who'd heard the girl screaming, they came to her, her aid. Now, the teenage girl, she was treated in hospital for minor injuries and one of the men who came to her aid also received treatment. And as I say, I was in the town yesterday and I actually spoke to a young man who was a friend of one of those men who helped her. Yeah, and I think you br- have the audio there. This is yeah. Brandon, yeah? Here we go. Brandon. It's just a traumatic experience. Um, both people I know, one the fella that actually helped out the girl is one of my close friends and um, basically what happened is he went over trying to help her the man turned around and started hitting him so obviously he fought back he didn't even know he was bleeding, he was going to walk away and all and next minute all the lights started turning around saying oh my god you're pumping I, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy like he's a hero like yeah. to everyone's eyes like everyone is congratulating him and and as a young person I suppose you're living here in Fomoy yeah I'm here my whole life like yeah and to see this happening is just it's, frightening you, would, you wouldn't think it would happen here like yeah it, it is traumatic for the people down there you were speaking to some of the other locals as well Maureen I think I was yes yeah let's have a listen to that that's terrible just as frightening yeah for young girls going out now. It's a scare around for my. There's a scare everywhere since that Ashling Murphy case. Like it's, it's a scare around for my now. It's hitting everybody, isn't it? Ah, when you see that going on, it's scary, like. Right? Middle of the day. That misfortune of moving Sligo. There was a chap interviewed yesterday, and he said that just coming into a community and that happening is scary. They're okay. In fairness to the girls, they're always there when we call them we need them but it's just that the, after the event it's desperate in the daylight to be attacked like that you'll be afraid now going down any laneways you don't know who's going to come out and tap you it's terrible and as for going out at night forget about it you know I'd, I'd often come out now at night and i do the round of the block you know I wouldn't go out now at all I'd be afraid of my life now to go out you know, it's just terrible. Even people come to the door now. You're afraid to open the door. You don't know what they're going to do. They could spray something into your face or anything, you know. So I never open the door to any. If I'm there on my own, I wouldn't open the door. Yeah, genuine fear there in people's voices, Maureen. There was a question that we were asking here on the programme yesterday. I just threw it out about whether there are more of these attacks now or whether it's just that since Ashling, we're in such a state of alert that we're hearing about them or people are talking about them. You had a chance to address that question. I did, and I spoke to, to Mary Crilly. So here's what Mary had to say. It's Mary Crilly, Director of the Sexual Violence Centre. I think it's appalling. I don't think these um, attacks are uncommon. I think we're just reporting it. But we're more aware of it. I think people who may have heard on the radio before, it might have gone straight out of their head, but now we're very aware. I still like to remind the young girls that um, although the streets have become unsafe, they're still safer than they think. You know, the majority of people are still raped or assaulted by somebody they know. So I know this is very fearful for people, and especially if it happens 
happens during the day because um, young girls are afraid not to move, are afraid to go out, are afraid of turning around, are afraid of what's happening in public view, you know, because it's happening in public view. And it just shows you the arrogance of these perpetrators that they will assault somebody who is very vulnerable, um, but probably is half their size, and they do it in public view. So we do need to keep the conversation going um, about violence, about rape, about sexual assault, and about these kind of crimes, because I really believe they can be stopped, because a lot of them are stopped, I believe, even the one in Fumoy was stopped because people intervened. I know the one in Evergreen Road was stopped because people intervened. So people, no matter how small, they need to know how wonderful they are and how they can make a difference to all this. And even by keeping the conversation going, is changing things, because guys might start realising they're not going to get away with it as easily as they did before. Yeah, so maybe it is, isn't it, Maureen, not so much that there's a, a spate as Mary says, but that we're hearing about it and the conversation lasts longer than the few hours a day it used to last. And I think what, what like a lot of people were saying to me yesterday is that the fact that it happened in broad daylight, I mean, there's no part of the day or night that you can feel safe anymore. And I think that's what's, you know, upsetting people. And it's just shocking. But as you say, PJ, this has been going on, you know, for, for a long time. But it's that, as you say, the conversation is going on. We're hearing more about it. And I just want to say my thoughts are with the girl, you know, that got attacked here. And and I actually met the the guy who stepped in, but he, he didn't want to talk yesterday. But, you know, he was he was clearly shocked you know and, and traumatized by what happened but thanks to him too for for stepping in and responding to the screams you know yeah he's a fabulous youngster um there, there was two of them but he actually got a belt of a bottle for his for his troubles yeah. and and i hope he makes a, a, a full recovery and i'm delighted that you got a chance to meet him maybe he'll maybe he'll speak to us in his own time do you know Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Are you headed for court or is that the plan? Um, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going heading for court there now. So hitting the road for Mallow and, uh, and I'll keep in touch. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let Fiona know if there's any updates coming out of Mallow. I'll, I'll drop her a message. Okay, and if necessary, we'll go straight back to you. Thank you very much, our, our news reporter, uh, Maureen Tuig. And just look, it, this is another example of the outrage and shock across the country over the last few weeks since the death of Ashley Murphy in Tullamore on the 12th of January. And it just reminds us of the change that's needed in attitude. And those two youngsters, that one young lad in particular, they knew, they know, we must all learn, it's not acceptable for any of us just to stand idly by. We have to act, we have to do something. So Cork's 96FM and the Irish Sun has launched a campaign asking you to call out unacceptable words or unacceptable actions which show disrespect to women. Because, just like that young man in Fomoy on Monday, he got the message. He didn't even have to be told. He just acted. And it's when we all act together that we can make a change. So what we want you to do is just join us here at Cork's 96 FM and resolve to call it out. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Okay, Sarah, I'll be on the air with you in just a minute. Another passport story. They keep on coming. So, Sarah, stay there with you shortly. But we've teamed up this week with our friends at Borgosh Energy. A €350 one-for-all voucher to give away every day. And on Friday, a little surprise. I'll tell you about it later on, but nice one on Friday. And it's to remind you that the Borgosh Energy team of professional service engineers have a 19-point check 
to ensure that your boiler is running safely and efficiently. And currently, they're offering appointments in Cork. You can find out more at boardgoshenergy.ie forward slash services. And with Boardgosh Energy, you can imagine a better way. And we have a, a newspaper story that we want you to write the headline for again today. And I couldn't resist this one. The list came out yesterday of the visits abroad by ministers for St. Patrick's Day. And you have Michal Martin is going to both London and then on to Washington. Leo is going to Chile. Yes, Chile. Uh, Eamon Ryan is headed for New York. Is he going to cycle, I wonder? Or what? Oh, stop, stop. We're so sarcastic, please. Pascal Donoghue is headed for the Netherlands and for London. Michael McGrath is going to both San Francisco and Vancouver. Then they're going to Argentina, the United Arab Emirates, Boston, going to France, going to Savannah, Georgia, Austin, Texas, Canada, LA, Greece, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Slovenia, Lebanon, Romania, Mexico, Finland, Japan, South Korea, India, Sweden, Belgium, Poland, Croatia, Scotland, the Czech Republic. And the Attorney General... What? The Attorney General, Mr. Gallagher, is headed for Washington, D.C. Why does the Attorney General, would you mind telling me, go on a St. Patrick's Day trip? Nothing personal against Mr. Gallagher. I'm just wondering why the Attorney General goes on a St. Patrick's Day trip. 33 trips. And one left out. (laughs) One left out. And I, 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 like, do they even look at these things? The one left out is the Minister for Foreign Affairs. Simon Coveney is staying at home as the Minister on call. The Minister for Foreign Affairs is the only senior minister not going abroad for St. Patrick's Day. Like, did no one think that one through? Did he actually ask to say it? (sighs) I want a headline for that. Give us an old laugh. Simon Home Alone or... Where are they off to or off on our Jolly Bobs? You know yourself. You know you know the kind of crack. Give us a headline for the 33 trips by our ministers around the world for St. Patrick's Day. And the fact that the only guy staying at home, well, there's a few of them staying at home, but the only man, the only senior man staying at home is the Minister for Foreign Affairs. Like, I want, is his passport up or something? Is he waiting on a new passport or something? Is there some reason why Simon isn't isn't going. Is he waiting for a new for a new passport? I wonder, is he, Sarah? You you contacted us, uh, and this is a this is a this is going back as far as as far as March twenty twenty. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Hi. What happened? So uh, <laughs> long story there. So we just wanted to apply for our baby's passport. He was born at the end of December twenty twenty. So by March, we say, look, we'll just apply for it just in case and it was at the time we were in lockdown so everything was closed and they only reopened in May at this point we had to make a medical appointment um, in Spain so we needed the passport to travel by mid-May end of May uh, I just got an email saying oh uh, we have all your paperwork uh, but you're missing two documents so I was just you know checking the papers and one of them I had already signed it and the other one they had never asked for it from the beginning you know what I mean I was like well if you had asked I would have done it from the beginning and it was like yeah no problem I'll send everything um, 
I sent everything the next day. Funny enough, one of the papers they had asked, it was returned um, with my own passport. So they did have it, but they said they didn't. So that was the lay in the whole thing. <laughs> so you applied in March of 21. In March, yeah, 2020. End, right. Oh, 2020? 2020, yeah. Okay. And, and No, sorry. You're about, oops, I'm so sorry. 2021, you're, you're right. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Because I was trying to figure So March 21, you applied. And then you started yeah, getting emails in May. Mm-hmm. And then they told you they didn't have something, and the following day yes. you got your passport back with the something they were looking for. Exactly. So I had to resend it. So of course that just delayed the whole thing. <laughs> right. Now you had an appointment uh, yeah. in Spain for the baby. Yes, a medical appointment. So um, I emailed to them. So by June, middle of June, I got the email saying, "Look, we have all the papers. Um, it will take around." four weeks to um, get the passport. So I contact them and say, look, I actually have a medical appointment in July 17th. So I have the flight there just the day before that. Is there any way we can speed it up just to make sure I get it? And they're like, oh, you'll get it. Don't you worry. I said, look, fine. We waited a week. We didn't get anything. Contacted them again. And I said, look, if you're in such a rush, just try contact the emergency team. I said, yeah, no problem. I emailed them. The emergency team said, look, you can only apply for the emergency one two weeks prior your trip. Your trip. Until then, just wait and see. It's okay, no problem. This was now at the beginning of July. It was two weeks to our trip. So I contact them again. And they just told me, there's nothing they can do because that's only uh, for renewal passport, not for first-time passport. So I was like, why didn't they tell me that from the beginning? I could have tried doing something else. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and they said, like, look, if you're in such a rush and you're stuck, just try to contact your own embassy. Yeah. I was like, okay, no problem, fair enough. So I, oh, sorry, baby's talking there. It's okay. uh, <laughs> So I ran my embassy. Of course, they were like, look, with two weeks notice, we don't have any appointments until October. I was like, okay, fair play. So I just keep trying, um, sending emails saying, please, can you help me? Like I was just begging, send all the medical appointment, you know, all the documents from the medical appointment. And they said like, there's nothing we can do. Just wait and see. So obviously we missed our appointment. I had to cancel it and reschedule it. I said like, look, I know. I said, like, look, I'll just wait to see when I get the passport. So at this point, it was like mid-July, almost every week, PJ, we were trying to contact them. On the phone, it was impossible. I don't think not even one time we got it on the phone. And through the chat, it will take, like, easily minimum of one hour to get in the chat, if you were lucky, to get through them. And all they would say is, it's been processed. I was like, yeah, I can see that on the online application. You know, it's like, is there anything else you can tell me? And they were like, no, all we can say it's been processed. Any, you know, is a, so, you know how so, long it's so going to take? So you had to cancel. Yeah, a, I had to cancel the baby a appointment. medical appointment for your baby. Yep, for my baby, yeah. That he was seven months at the time. So we had to cancel that. And just wait for the passport to come and then reschedule. So I said, like, we'll just keep emailing, emailing. 
no answer from the email. Contact through the um, online chat, as I say, like it will take forever to get through them. All the answer we'll get is it's been processed. We're very sorry. It's very busy. That's all we can say at the moment. Estimated due date was the 15th of July. <laughs> this was in September. And eventually, eventually at the end of September, we got the passport. So March, after April, yeah. May, June, July, August. Six months. Yeah. Six months. And they said it would be four to six weeks. And did anybody at any stage, uh, Sarah, say um, we're sorry about this? Uh, well, like I have to say, like I understand it's not the um, you know the people they were just doing their job, and they did say, "Look, we're sorry. It's just very busy. That's all we can say. It's been processed. That's all I got." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is going to sound like a strange question but just bear with me so you got on to your embassy okay mm-hmm. yeah um to probably and and they they could do nothing for you because were, were you even at that no. point thinking maybe an emergency passport a spanish passport for your for your child were you thinking that yeah i i tried yeah and they said they uh they couldn't do it and like they were trying to get me an appointment as soon as possible but like unfortunately it was all Overbooked, so uh, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> but look, at least yeah. you got the passport in September. Not good enough, but you got it. And I hope we that got it, yeah. you were able to reschedule. Like, I, I'm you. You're living here long enough, I presume, to know. Like, if you have to, ha- yeah, if you have to cancel a medical appointment here, so you could be waiting forever. Were you able to reschedule? Um, we were, yeah. Um, luckily enough, I explained all the whole situation, like we were living abroad and everything, um, to a doctor in Spain, and they, they were fantastic. They said, like, no problem. Just let me know when you're coming here, and we'll fit you in. And they were able to uh, fit us in, so um, he was seen by the doctor there. Make us feel terribly jealous, Sarah, because we know what people go through trying to get appointments in the public system. So when you rang the doctor back in September and said, we have a passport for the baby. When were they able to see you? Um, I think it was in a matter of two weeks. Yeah, I know. Okay. So I, cool. I take it everything's, <laughs> everything's okay. Well, clearly they're expressing their own opinions there on the end of the phone, but clearly baby is okay now, yeah? The baby's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing fine, thank Good. goodness, yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, the whole situation, it was so stressful, like, first of all, all the medical appointments that we were going to hear as well anyway, but that's another story. And then the passport, uh, my family took holidays. They saw so they could be with us for the medical appointments. Obviously, they lo- well, they didn't lose the holidays, but like um, they didn't use them as they wanted. So it was just so stressful. Like the day the passport came, I swear I was almost kissing and hugging the postman. <laughs> Oh, listen. Just because of COVID, otherwise I would have kissed him. I think I think somebody wants breakfast there. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was like, "Why are you so happy?" I was like, "I've been waiting for this for six, seven months." He was like, "Oh dear." Oh God. Okay. Sarah, I hope everything works out well uh, in the long run, and the baby will be okay, and all of that. And uh, 
Thank you, by the way, for your lovely comments in your original email. You're so kind. Say lovely things about the programme and about Casey and Ross in the morning and I'd say to Thank you so much, uh, Sarah. I'm glad that it all worked out. 0818 96 96 96. Now, um, someone was saying that uh, we applied Saturday and got it in the post today, which is great. Uh, and I got emails last night of someone who applied Saturday and got it. And that's great. That's absolutely great. And loads of people get it next day. I had my own experience with that a year or two ago and I had to apply for a passport replacement or a renewal rather for the boy. I had it in two days. But you know, kind of like, oh, why should we actually be saying fair play for that? That's the way it should be. A standard renewal of a passport should take no more than 72 hours. Like, it's the people with an issue, like Sarah, and the dozens of others that are contacting us day in, day out. It's those people need to be accommodated. The people with a, a first passport that's got a, a problem with the paperwork or people that need a passport in a hurry or people who run into problems or people who have to go to their solicitor to prove once again that a parent has passed away, like with that nonsense last week. It's the people with the, with the issues. There should be no praise heaped on anybody for being able to turn over a normal passport renewal in about 72 hours. There should be nobody heaped praise upon for that. It's solving the other problems, like Sarah, six months, six months, and she had to cancel a medical appointment for the child. Her family, who had taken time off and arranged to take time off to be with her when she went over with the child for the medical appointment. They had, they missed out on their time. Six months. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The Two Grand Minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. Answer 10 questions to claim all that cash. Stacking up the cash. Cash! Cash! The Two Grand Minute. On Casey and Ross in the morning. Cork's 96FM. A few of your headlines starting to come in. I like... Uh, what is it? The, um, where did I see it? Rocking all over the world, except for Simon. Uh, okay. My, my favourite so far is a little bit naughty. Uh, my favourite so far of your headlines, the Muppets conquer the world. And that's that's just that's just not nice, Do you know. That's that's kind of not nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, the Muppets con- conquer the world. That's one of my favourite ones so far. What we're looking for is a headline for the thirty-three ministers jetting off around the world for St Patrick's Day. With poor old Simon Coveney, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, lads. Staying at home to be on call. Like I said, I wonder is his passport out of date or something. <laughs> Lonely Coveney left holding the shamrock. Oh, I like that. I like that. Grounded for Paddy's Day. I like that one. I like that one. 
Keep them coming and a €350 one-for-all voucher uh, will be your prize at 5 to 12, courtesy of our friends at Board Gosh Energy with us every day this week. Now, we're talking yesterday about mortgages and we've got a number of questions in from people about that. We'll be, we'll be addressing those questions later. But once again, our attention is drawn back to people living in rented accommodation. And I tell you, Every so often you could stop down and do a whole morning, sometimes two, on just people living in substandard accommodation. We get so many of them and we we try and talk to as many as we can of them, try and talk to them off air. Sometimes we try and organise a bit of quiet help for them in the background if we can. It's not always possible. And every so often we bring a couple of them on the air. And I have been speaking with Samantha uh, about her situation. Samantha... You and I spoke before uh, about some of the stuff you're going through. It hasn't gotten any better. In fact, if anything, it's gotten worse. But just remind me again, uh, you are, you've got a couple of kids with special needs and you're living in, in council accommodation. We'll take it from there. Yeah, that's, that's right. I have two children, one age 11 and one age 4. That would be the girl with the special needs. Hmm. And with my living conditions, you're right, it has got 10 times worse. Um, I'm living here a long time and I'm living with no heating and hot water five years. Where, where are you living, Samantha? In Baker's Road, in the flats. Um, just before Christmas there, we actually had the evening echo up to take pictures outside the flats, um, just noting like, how bad the place has gone with rats. and like There was a time there on one Monday, I caught eight rats in one day. And the pest control used to come out and remove the rats from the trap. But it kind of, like, I suppose, when I was ringing them all the time. And then I, he told me one time that he was finished with this flat. He was sick of coming up. And the backs needed to be done and all this needed to be done. So they were working on it. And my back was cleared up. Um, there's no rubbish on my alley or anything like that. So they said they were going to start with the heating and the hot water because that's my... This is a very big problem here. Like, I can't wash, can't wash my children here. I have to travel to my mum's to do it. Like, okay. I should be able to, where I'm paying my rent every week, I should be able to wash and, you know, have heating in my own home. How long is it since you had hot water or the ability to heat water? Five years. And, and when you bring this to the council, what do they say? That, like, if I rang the uh, maintenance office, like, they just logged the problem and I never hear back from somebody. And that's my problem is because my voice isn't being heard. I was accepted for a transfer due to my daughter's conditions. My daughter is nonverbal and this is my worry. And I get very upset because of my living conditions because my daughter can never tell me if a rat comes around her. Now, her bedroom, there's a boiler very visible where there's an awful lot of wires and holes around where at night, if if I'm sitting in my sitting room, her bedroom is above me. I hear rats running, tearing at woods. There was a time they bit down, down through from my bedroom underneath floorboards into the kitchen. There was times I found my bread, my bread was bitten out, my black bags were out. Now, I obviously can't keep my black bags in the kitchen anymore. And um, there's things I have to watch around. I won't, there's no access to my kitchen like, because I'm afraid of my life, of my children eating something and they could get poisoned or such on if they stood on a urine belong to the rat or... You know, like there a week and a half ago, actually going back before Christmas, the council asked, could they break my tiles in my bathroom? And I said, yes. Well, I actually hesitated on it first. 
I was like, I don't want my bathroom being broke up. It's bad enough the way I live. There was mm. mushrooms going after my hall rad. So on. So they said, look, this is the only way we're going to solve the rat problem. So I said, grand, break them. So they broke them and they promised it was going to be, you know, fixed up. Like, but not that they were going to replace the tiles, but they were going to put a plastic board by the bat because you can see visible under my bat. Right. And a week and a half ago, my dog, I have a little terrier, and he was going mad by the bathroom door. And I said, what's wrong? So I opened the bathroom door and he went in and... He was going mad underneath the bat. He fitted underneath the bat and out he came with a rat on a trap. So obviously the trap caught the rat but didn't fully kill him with the dog killed him then, thank God. Oh God, right. I mean, like I have a number of pictures, videos, like I had my own cage trap and there was one night I woke up at four o'clock in the morning with a squeaking from a rat and it's not nice like the noises. My 11-year-old girl to be crying to me saying, Mom, I don't want to live here anymore. I've heard confirmation coming up on the end of March and it'd be nice, you know, to have a party here for my child for our confirmation. I wouldn't dream of bringing someone in here because it's not nice to be, you know, living like this. It's so sure. cold here. I constantly have to have a fire going. And in spe- expensive ways, like, I have to keep going with bags of coal. You know, like, it, one or two bags of coal wouldn't do me a week. Like, no way. And we're coming into the summer now, and I still have to get up in the morning and light my fire and keep that going until when I'm going to bed. Hating to go to bed then because it's so cold upstairs. My daughter, my 11-year-old, she prefers to sleep on the chair. She tells me because, Mam, it's warmer down here. It's, it's too cold up my bedroom. Do you know all? It's very hurtful to hear that as a mother, you know? Sure, sure. And her school told me that they, my child spoke fair of rats in school and they also gave me a letter of it as well. It's the younger one is non-verbal, you said, yeah? Yeah. Where, yeah. Did, where does she and sleep? my worry, like... Um, she's in the bedroom upstairs as well and they, they're in separate bedrooms you see because my younger daughter like would she doesn't have a very good routine it's, it's, you know, going to sleep at night like she'd yeah. be on medication or whatever and so on like so it kind of would disturb my other girl from going to sleep and now as like she's walking difficulties and my sta- my stairs isn't safe for her because the banister keeps falling off you know and she's just a big worry because I can't, like, she's not a child that can be left unattended, you know? Mm. And, like, even, you know, this is our home. I should be able to walk into the sit room and leave her in the kitchen or a bathroom. Like, she loves water play, you know, for instance, like, and she loves going to the bathroom in the, um, the sink to turn on the tap for the cold water. But I want lower in there now. A lot of kids with, on, the, on, on the spectrum like to do that, so I'm a bit surprised with that. But, like, you, you said to me that you were approved for a transfer. Yeah, when? and I just have to keep logging into CBL. Um, I think I'm on it now. It'd be over 12 months anyway. Right. It's a year and a bit I'm on it, and you just log on every week to see where if there's a house in, in my area or so on. But I had a meeting in the um, City Hall the last time, and I spoke with a man, and he said, see, the problem is is that like I'm not on it so long and I was like, but what if I walk around and see a house that's available? Could I come back to you and tell you that? And they were like, no, because we'd have to go to our allocators and they just tell us that it's ready when it's ready. So I yeah. have to basically find a home on CBL. But there is an awful lot of houses out there that I told them I wouldn't mind going into doing it up myself. I'm not a picky person on where I want to go. I told them like I'd, I'd go in anywhere where there's young people, old people. Just I, all I want is a normal, suitable home for me and my children. I don't think it's hard to ask for. And with, with the rent, like I'm, I pay my rent every week. I do everything by the books. Like, I'm not doing anything out of the way, so why should I be treated differently? And for so long, I don't understand why it's so long and so hard for someone to fix 
heating and hot water. These are the main things that someone needs in their home and not living with rats. There's yeah. an awful lot of areas that, like, what if my child dies from poison from a rat? Do you know, like, their toilet alone has poison. They carry poison with them, like. And speaking now, actually, I went into my daughter's bedroom this morning, like, and smell dead, and that's obviously a rat dead in the wall somewhere, because this is after happening a numerous times, and they told me that they died through the buildings. Yeah. You must be struggling to cope yourself, are you? How do you get by? I don't know, and you know what? A lot of people says that to me. I don't know how you're still going, and this is why I think I had to turn this way. I've been quiet for so long. The last time I've spoken to you, it was a good bit ago, and as you said, things have got worse, and they have got ten times worse, and I keep emailing the City Hall, ringing. There's other people ringing, actually, for me as well, and then these people are coming back. Samantha, did anyone come out to you? No. Um, Any of your councillors get involved, Samantha? Yeah. Uh, Mick Nugent has been up to me and Thomas School right. has been up. They right. came up with the Evening Echo that time as well. Right, and and, and no move even then? No, um, no. to be honest, no, they were in touch with me, but um, not since then. Like I've, I thought I might have heard more since it was on the Echo or yeah. whatever, you know, but I didn't hear nothing. And even that woman that contacted me, like she contacted me two days ago and she said, did anyone get in contact with you? They told me they'd be up Wednesday. And she was highly disappointed as well that no one has contacted me, no one has come near me, nothing. Yeah. I'm just sick of it, really, to be honest. It's like I'm going around on a roller coaster. Like, I'm like a parrot that keeps repeating myself about the same thing always like, and no change. Like, I can't even say there has been one change or, you know, like, it's, it's just bad. Did they put your rent up as well in the middle of all this? Yeah, yeah. I actually went and I got a part-time job and they put my rent up to the 60 euro, which... I'd have no problem paying rent, but putting rent up in a property where it's not suitable for anybody to live in, not a single person, never mind, say, someone with children, I don't think that's acceptable. I honestly don't. I'd have no problem paying it like I pay my rent now. Like, but that's, that's a bit overboard, like putting up somebody's rent for accommodation. That's not right. Like, I wouldn't mind if they were engaging with me with my problems, and I'd have no problem then to pay my rent. I know. If anybody is listening in City Hall, because they do, and, you know, without naming anybody's name, Samantha, would yeah. you appeal to them through the opinion line? I would. I'd like someone to please kindly contact me in regards of my living conditions for me and my children. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for miracles. I'm just looking for someone to kindly contact me, engage with me, Tell me where I'm at, where my house in. Tell me, is, is my heating going to be fixed? Is my hot water going to be fixed? I know they're working on the rats. I thank people for doing that, but it's not stopping. It just keeps going on and on, and there's no progress. Where are the kids by day? Well, my two girls go to school, and then they're at home with me. Well, my other little girl, no, she likes now to go down to my mum's all right during the weekend, like, and stuff. And I wouldn't blame her. She often cried to me, like, saying, I don't want to live here. And she'd block her ears. She'd often come in and wake me up by, by night time. Mum, I can hear the rats. I can hear the rats. They're in my room. And I'd often have to, that's only the bag moving. You know, just trying to put off the child to go back to sleep, like, for school. No, that's infecting with my child learning at school as well. Like if she was late or tired getting up in the morning, she'd have no proper con- concentration going into school then. 
Yeah. So it's everybody been affected. It's not just me. I'm an adult. Of course, I'm here for my children. And I'm the only person that can speak up for my children. I know if someone spoke to my 11-year-old because she spoke to the TDs and told them what way she was living and she didn't like it. You know, she can speak up as well and for the way she's talked. Like she shouldn't be speaking like that about her home. No, that's not a child's job. No. It's not nice, like, and it's not nice for me to be hearing it. And then, oh, man, when are we getting a new home? It's not nice either to be keep depending on my mum, you know. Yeah. I'm not a child anymore. Like, this is why I moved out my own life and my kids. Like, I live my life now, but it's not normal. Samantha, you make your case and your case for your children very well. And you should be very proud of yourself, your ability to do that. Thanks very much. You take care of yourself now. I will. I will, Peter. Thanks a million. That's Samantha. I was also talking to Paul. And Paul was telling me that his place has been condemned as a fire hazard. You're living in emergency accommodation at the moment, but previously you were living in a house and you were actually told by the fire officer, get out of this house and get out of it now. Yeah, that's right, PJ. The place is an absolute disgrace. Now, be, when I took up tenancy and viewed that place before taking up the tenancy, the place is, it, it looked nice. So I grabbed it with a hat because previous to all this, all that, I was homeless. Hmm. So I grabbed it, grabbed it straight away. When was that now? That was June 2020. Now, there were the summer months. And going into the winter months, then you start to see problems coming through the place. Water coming through the ceiling. Uh, the windows, there was air coming straight through the windows. I to even use tape and stuff to cover up cracks around the windows and things. Mm, mm. Um, even like cooking food and stuff. When I was cooking food, I to have to cover the alarms because the alarms were going off. There was no extractor fan. So like, it was a disgrace, to be honest. Right. And how did it come to pass that you got the fire officer involved? Um, so I reported the problem to the council and I made a complaint and the fire, they sent the fire officer out and he told us leave with an immediate effect. The place was a danger to life. Right. Right. So you left and, and what happened then? So I to go into a, the place finder inside in town mm. and they provided emergency accommodation for me down the lower Glenmire Road in the B&B. When, when was this? Uh, the 3rd of this month, five days ago, PJ. So you're now in a B&B on the lower road because the place where you were living is deemed to be dangerous to life. Are you alone or have you anybody, a partner, children living with you? Who have you? Um, in the, the property, my child used to come and stay with me every now and again. Right. Um, but as a result of being in the B&B, no, um, it's just myself can go in there. They won't allow anyone else in there. So. And, and do you happen to know what happens next? Um, there's no time frame on what's going to happen. Um, I've been in winter council and they just said that it's not long term. So, like, there is people inside in that B&B, PJ, and they're there two years. Yeah. You're kind of saying, okay, well, fine. I was told to move out. I'm here now. And, I and what happens now is, is that what you're saying? 
it's a waiting game. Like, obviously, I can go looking for um, another hat property, but like, I, if you look up statistics there and stuff, like ninety six percent of properties, rental properties, aren't up to standards. Yes. So, like, am I going to be put into one of these properties again? Yes. You couldn't even take your stuff out of the place because the fire officer deemed it to be so dangerous. I couldn't. I had to leave it in, in there. And plus, the B&B that I'm staying in, it's too small to bring stuff. So it's it's just it just fell through the cracks of the system. And For I... no reason of my own. Do you know, like I didn't... It's not my fault that I fell through the cracks, do you know? Yeah. And now I guess your question to the council is, well, what are you going to do for me now? Rather than just put me in here in a and b Yeah, like they're going, like their resolution to, all this is just put people into B&Bs and forget about them for a while. And, and then when they want to take, give someone a place like the Hap now, like ourselves, it's just taking the name off a list. Yeah. It's, they're making themselves look good. I don't know what to say to you. I, I just hope something moves for you because the last thing you want is to be stuck in a B&B long term. No one's given you any idea how long you might be there, have they? They won't give a time frame. They're just telling me that it's not long term and basically get on with it. All right. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Um, and good luck is all I can say to you. Yeah, thanks, BJ. That's Paul and his particular story. On Samantha's case, Councillor Mick Nugent was on, uh, drew our attention to an Echo article where he raised the need for a complete refurbishment uh, up in Baker's Road. It says he's in regular contact with maintenance about Samantha and someone called to say if you come out the door of Samantha's place, turn left, you see all these refurbished houses on the other side, brand new, uh, millions of euros spent on them. It must gall her to see those fine places while her child is passing milestones in those conditions. It's great that we're doing this work, but we can't just abandon young children. It's like two different countries on the one street. How can the government preach about different schemes and that poor woman living like that? Shameful, shameful carry on. That's in reference to a speech by Eamon Ryan on substandard accommodation. But it's the length of time, I think, in which Samantha has been in that difficulty is bothering people most. She got approved for a transfer and you would think then that she just finds something suitable and says I'd like to go in there please but it's not as simple as that it's a pain in the neck Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With McCarthy Insurance Group Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause. And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light to shine in, I'll be there. The Cork's 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And I'll be there. And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary. Include us in your diary. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want to. I'll be there. 
The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 26 to 28. Only on Cork 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, Trevor Welsh and the boys are back Saturday afternoon after their February break with Premier League Live at 96fm.ie. Powered by TalkSport. Live coverage of Manchester United versus Southampton, that's at half 12. Brentford against Crystal Palace at three. And Norwich City against Manchester City at half past five. Another busy day for Trev and the team. Brought to you by Now Stream Live, Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. And listen Saturday for Premier League Live on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM. I.e. Today is a very important anniversary. A hundred years ago today, a meeting took place in Dublin, in the Gresham Hotel in Dublin. It's a meeting that was actually called by Michael Collins. And to cut a long story short, it was out of that meeting at the Gresham Hotel in Dublin, 100 years ago today, came the foundation of Angarda Shikhana. And uh, 2022 is the commemoration of the centenary of Angarda Shikhana and it grew out of that meeting, the force grew out of that meeting on the 9th of February 2020 or 1922 at the wonderful, it's still there, it's still a fine hotel, Gresham Hotel in Dublin. I wonder had they a pint in toddies afterwards, I, I, I know not but I will be, have been asked and was privileged to be asked to host an event, I'll tell you more as we get closer to it, much later this year as part of the commemorations and of course Dad was a much respected and long serving officer back in the day so I come from a family that was on the thin blue line and uh, many families of course listening have been on that thin blue line and are still on that thin blue line and it's this day, a hundred years ago the meeting took place in the Gresham Hotel that led to the foundation of Angarda Shiakana and look, you can criticise them all you want but when you need them, they're there there's not enough of them we could do with a couple of thousand more we've talked about that time and time again and no doubt we'll talk about it time and time again but a hundred years ago today came that particular meeting and we shouldn't forget it I'm going to go to Gus uh, Fiona or do you want to talk to me about this wonderful, well 10 years ago it would have been a matter of asking listeners and we've had one in 10 minutes, it could be something of a long shot now, Magda is looking for a copy of the examiner and it's a lovely idea yeah, Magda got in touch with us yesterday in the hope that some of our listeners might be able to help her. So her son uh, was born on the 29th of the 12th and every year she's been collecting an Irish examiner from that day and she's hoping to be able to give him 18 copies of the paper from that day on his 18th birthday. But unfortunately, on the 29th of the 12th, 2021, she was on holidays and she went through COVID and totally forgot about the newspaper. So now she's going to be able to give him 18 copies minus this 
uh, copy, which is the 29th of the 12th, 2021. And she's wondering, does anyone have a copy of that lying around the house somewhere? Mm. She has called the Irish Examiner office, but they only keep copies for the last two weeks. So if mm. anybody can help Magda out, it would be great. There was a time when everybody bought an examiner and kept it in a box or on a shelf or in the thing down by the telly for weeks mm. on end. I maybe put plastic bags in my own house, the plastic bags of papers out in the shed for months because my dad didn't like throwing papers out every so often with them. There was no recycling, of course, back then. But does anybody have a copy, an actual physical copy of the examiner from the 29th of December 2021? Like it's only about six weeks ago the 29th of December, 2021, that they were prepared to give to Magda. I wonder, can they have... There was a time when we'd have been snowed under with them, within an hour. If anybody has it, like, some people might have a granny or a granddad or dad or mom who still takes the paper every day and keeps it. So can anybody put their hand on... A copy of the examiner from the 29th of December 2021 for Magda. It's a lovely idea she has to put together that package for her boy on his 18th birthday of a copy of the examiner from the day he was born. It's a brilliant idea. 0818 96 96 96. Now we were chatting yesterday with Ken about apprentices and he was saying how he's an electrician, he has an apprentice at the moment, he served his time as an apprentice and he was talking about how some parents kind of look down on apprenticeships and are shocked when their son or daughter says, I want to be an apprentice, I want to be an electrician, I want to be a plumber, I want to be a carpenter, I want to be whatever. Some parents are shocked by that and Ken's advice was let them at it. Let them at it. They'll be earning from day one and after four years, they'll have a trade, a trade they can take around the world and a skill that will get them very well paid. And Gus, I think you'll want to respond to that particular conversation. Good morning. Good morning. What would you like to say? Well, you know, they're all talking about there's no apprentices there and there's this, that and the other thing and the building is going well again at the moment, but there's workers are very scarce for it. Like there's no there's no young fellow have served his time in the last definitely the last seven or eight years or even more mm. because like you take two young fellows that do their leaving cert they're probably eighteen years of age one of them is very interested in serving his time as whatever carpenter plumber electrician mm. you name it and the other fellow he gets a, if he gets a job as an apprentice he has probably around. 220 or 30 or maybe 240 a week. This is wages. The other young fellow goes to a factory like Dundara or Brinney or Brinneskiddy mm-hmm. or somewhere. And he's coming home with anything from 700 a week up, upwards. So when the weekend comes, the young lad the serving his time cannot afford to even go out. Yeah. You know, it's stopping all these young fellas. And I'm just wondering, the government are talking about it and all this, but they're doing nothing about it. If the government subsidised that apprentice, they'll pay him 200 euro a week on the dole, but if they subsidise him by 250 to give him an incentive mm. to go serve his time, to bring up his wages a good bit. If you think it's about, uh, and, and Ken was saying that some young people don't want to go to college, they want to do an apprenticeship 
instead. Now, if you're if you're a first or second year student on a four year degree, the only few bob you have is what you can earn in a part time job at the weekend or whatever. Even a first year apprentice will have more money than the average hard pressed first year third level student. So <laughs> he will, yeah. But yeah. the incentive isn't there for the young fellow to go serve his time. Yeah. The young lad that's going to college, he's indoors. He has all good facilities. You go to work in the building and you'll see what it's like. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. The the wet and the gutter and whatever else. You know, there, there won't be too much mercy for a young fellow. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if the government could just wake up and subsidise an apprentice or all apprentices. They would get more apprentices. There's no young fellow serving their time. And in another 10 years, I'll be left in the building as a handful of old people. Yeah. You know? Well, of the funny funny that you should say there. that, Gus. I had a group of lads doing work on, on my own house. It would be the end of 2020 into the spring of 2021. And yes. we did have a young apprentice in there, uh, and a young, young lad, and literally trailing all the others around, doing the mop-up jobs for them. And I got chatting to him, and we had a coffee one day in my kitchen, and he said, you know what, he said, the work is hard, and the money isn't great, but I'm working with a good bunch of lads. He said, I'll have a job at the end of it, and have a trade I can take around the world. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. I do. But to get to that point in his life, he's going to suffer a lot. Because he won't have money to go anywhere. Mm. Not for the first two years of his apprenticeship. His money is too small. Yeah. And so all I'm saying is, if the government would subsidise apprentices, yeah. Yeah. maybe for the first two years on so, their wages... So are, are you suggesting maybe, and I'm just throwing it out there as a term rather than anything, are you suggesting a form of social welfare that once you go on an apprenticeship that your your first year's your first year's apprentice wage is 220 or 230 or whatever and the government would subsidize you the same again is that what you're suggesting through that's through a social what, welfare payment that's what i'm suggesting to subsidize the apprentice for the first couple of years until he gets up a bit up the ladder a small bit hmm. so I call it maybe you know, the apprenticeship allowance or something absolutely absolutely but I get, see, and yeah, what, what's your own background, there. Gus? Are you in the trades? Yeah, I'm a carpenter myself. Okay. Okay. And I, I had five sons, and there was four of them carpenters. Right. 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 So, well, we unfortunately we lost our eldest son at 19 years of age. He died of leukemia. Sorry to hear that, mate. Sorry to hear that. I know. I know. But the other, the other three of them are. They're they're so busy. They don't have enough time to go to bed. Well, that's that's good for them, isn't it? And they're all qualified now. It's good you know? for them, but they work hard for it, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, you, don't, that, you don't you don't get a whole pile in this world without working hard for it, you know. No, I, I, you know? Uh, gee, don't don't tell me, for I know well. <laughs> of course you do, Gus. Listen, that is an idea we'll throw out to listeners because uh, you're saying that the apprenticeship wages that are and they are agreed because th- there's a kind of a scheme. The apprenticeship wage is too small, so you're suggesting for the first year, maybe, or two years, that the government would match it with an apprenticeship allowance through welfare. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It will give the young fella that more incentive to take up an apprenticeship. It's an idea. I would throw it out there. Thank you, Gus. Good man. 0818 96 96 96. That is, look, it's, a, it's an idea. 
I don't know who'd fund it, I don't know how you'd pay for it, but it's an idea from a man who's done his time, who's working in the carpenter, four sons, also carpenters. So I think he knows a bit about apprenticeships at this point. 0818 96 Still a lot of reaction to Samantha. That is a house in good condition nearby. It's waiting for the council to turn it round. And you know, it's great to see them doing up the houses. We understand that you need to do complete refit, but can't they speed up the turnaround so these kids aren't living like Samantha is living? Yeah. I see the council have learned from private landlords, so someone else raise the rent no matter what condition the property is in. Just listening to that girl with the conditions of her home. I live in a council estate with 40 houses in Carrigaline. Four of them have been vacant for more than two years. It's a disgrace when people are crying out. Samantha's plight's a disgrace. The authorities are failing her as a mom. She's doing her best. Her kids' basic rights are being denied. It's so unfair in 2022. And Morris, that woman, has to live with council rats in a council house. Proves how far there is to go on the issue of local authority housing in this country. Council won't be satisfied until the rats kill her and her... Well, Morris, I hope not now. I hope that doesn't happen. I'm sure you do too. On passports, I'm going to China on Monday only to discovery, only to discover my passport was out of date on a Friday. I had a temporary one Saturday morning. It can be done, but you need a lot of pull. And someone else was on about that too, said, obviously someone from Lithuania said, back in Lithuania, you get a passport on the same day. Wow. 24-7. So that's 190 euro to get that. Five working days, it's 57 euro. And for one month, you pay 43 euro. Ireland is so behind with everything. It's absolutely crazy. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, there's some people scrambling and searching in drawers and cupboards and presses to see do they have a copy of the examiner from the 29th of December for Magda. Check under the budgie. You might have put it under the budgie. She just wants it for the young fella. But check under the budgie. I'm joking. You nearly have to tell people you're joking these days. 0818 96 96 96. Simon draws the short straw. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Patrick misses one snake. Oh, my God. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, that's nasty. Patrick misses one snake. Lonely Coveney holding the shamrock. That's a good one. No foreign affair for Simon Coveney. Uh, Simon staying home to mine the event centre. <laughs> well, hopefully there'll be something done. We're doing that today. That's our headline competition today. Getting the good entries in association with our friends at Borgash Energy. A 350 euro one for all voucher at 5 to 12 for the person who can give us a laugh at that particular story. 0818-969696. We'll focus, focus on mortgages for a little while. Because yesterday when we were talking to Charlie Weston about the changes that could allow you to save money on your mortgage, we got a few questions and then we read a very interesting article by Louise Bunyan on her blog about some people that we don't talk about in terms of mortgages. And that's single people, Louise. Good morning. 
Hi, PJ. Good morning. Good. I read your article with, with a smile on my face because you're so right. We don't talk about single people trying to get a mortgage. I almost think that have we kind of accepted that it's damn near impossible for them? Um, I think maybe some factions of society, such as, let's say, definitely media coverage, uh, advertising, so like newspaper advertising, especially the ads on TV, um, housing reports, sound bites from politicians. And like I gave examples to my blog, for example, like there was one full page ad that I saw last year in the paper and I still remember it. So it was like a lovely red, white and blue ad with a picture of a detached house. And the big tagline said, a perfectly detached for the recently attached. And like to see yourself being removed from the conversation like that, because, you know, you're not part of like two people trying to buy uh, a house. Um, you know, that is that's very shocking. And like, that's very hurtful. And like once you begin to kind of open your eyes to that, um, like literally you can't open a paper, you can't like read a newspaper report for seeing things like a working couple or, you know, a professional couple would need a joint income of 150000 to mm. get a mortgage of X. And I think the tipping point um, came last week when I read a tweet and like it was really interesting. And it just said, you know, how much disposable incomes couples had to save, let's say way back in 1989 for a 10% deposit in one year. Mm. And back then it was 25%. Today it's 50%. And if you're in Dublin, it's 75%. Now look, that's like shocking and that's harrowing like for everyone, like regardless of mm. what situation you're in. But the word couples was mentioned like three times in that tweet and there was zero reference or zero acknowledgement of single people. Would you accept though, Louise, just, that, and I, I take your point, and as I said, I read your, I read your piece and I, I smiled because I thought, you know what, she's right. But would you accept the point at all that it is mostly couples who go looking for mortgages? No, absolutely not. No. Um, and based on the the reaction to to my blog, you know, from from my connections, my friends, and further afield, across Instagram, across Facebook, across Twitter, um, there are there there is a percentage of us out there who are doing this by ourselves. We are saving, like we're working really hard, and ultimately, like we are going to be customers of banks, of estate agents, like we do exist, you know, we are there. Mm. Um, and I suppose the big part of my blog was, I suppose the first part is I'm genuinely curious as to how we've left, how we've been left out of the conversation. I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is, and I don't know the answer, but how do we change that narrative? Like what needs to happen? for us to be included in the advertising, for us to be included in the newspaper reports mm. um, and for politicians to to like make reference to us. Mm. Like I joke in the blog that if it were a drinking game, you know, if if every time couples and families were mentioned, um, you know, we'd all be like intoxicated pretty quickly. So I think that's just the point that like there are people out there and I know loads of them who have gotten mortgages by themselves. But mm. why have we become invisible? Like, why are we not in the conversation? Yeah. What, what, what hurdles do you personally face in trying to get a mortgage, Louise? And what I mean by that is, 
how how much more difficult is it for you on your own, other than the obvious financial difficulties? I mean, you've got to be earning an awful lot of money, I would imagine, to be able to save the kind of money you need for deposit, which is difficult on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose the first thing you have to just make peace with is that you probably won't be buying a house that, you know, you won't have a back garden, you won't have a driveway, you won't have a clothesline to dry your clothes outside in the summer. You probably won't be able to get a, a pet or maybe a dog because inevitably all you'll be able to get really is probably like a two bed apartment. So like I've made my peace with that. Like I know that that's, that's probably what I'd be able to afford and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that I'm very lucky, you know, to be in that position. Um, so I think that's the first thing that when you see ads for, for houses, semi-detached, attached houses, you know that that doesn't apply to you, you know, that you won't end up in that place. Um, so I suppose that's kind of the first thing. And the second thing is when it does come to disposable income, you know, well, in general, just, you know, being a single person, you have to shoulder a lot of finances like on your own. So you do get used to that. Um, And I think single people and unattached people and we're including people who are. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Separated, who are divorced, who are bereaved, or for whatever reason, you know, whatever term they want to use. Um, like we're including all of that under the umbrella term of single or detached or unattached. The point you make is that. is that people who are self-employed, single people who are self-employed with their own businesses of whatever size are actually giving that up and going back into if you like working for the man or working for somebody else so because it makes them more stable as a mortgage applicant absolutely yeah and that was me um you know i was made redundant suddenly back in 2016 from a a scaling tech startup and um i think it's only since last year really i've kind of really 
let's say, got back on my feet. So I went freelancing for a while and then I started my own business. I did start your own business course at the local enterprise office. So I was a freelance uh, digital marketing consultant and I set up my own business in LinkedIn training and I have an online school. So after about, about, about four after about four years, I began to get kind of like financial coaching and sales coaching, all with the view to to building up um, a sizable take-home pay, you know, to to save like for the the mortgage for the deposit. And after working with a financial coach, you know, through the networking or through the mentoring program at Network Ireland, the two of us were just like either something massive has to change within my own business, either I have to go global, you know, go international and hire staff and really ramp that up or go back interviewing and go back in-house as an employee. So I'm very lucky. Um, I I started that process at the end of uh, 2020 and I got a great job. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a really nice silver lining, but it was a very tough decision to walk away from your own business after four years. I still kept it on. It's a side hustle. It doesn't generate a second income. Mm. There's no point in even messing around with your tax credits, but it's just something I'm very passionate about and it's just nice to have it there. And I mm. think after being made redundant, um, it's more kind of a security blanket. It's a plan B, you know, should anything ever happen. I think your message through your blog and through our conversation today, though, Louise, is, you know, hang on, we're here too when we're talking about mortgages. We're here too. Remember us. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I'd be really curious and genuinely interested to know, like, how has this happened? Um, And secondly what can we do to change it? And I'd love to get people's ideas and feedback on that. I've gotten some really interesting, you know, stories. Um, People coming to me with their own stories, like, you know, through my Instagram and through Twitter. But I think it's just a bigger, bigger question, really. Um, And so, like, from your point of view, you know, as a journalist, like, what, what do you think we could do, you know, to get ourselves into that narrative? Well, you've, You've started the ball rolling by writing the most interesting piece about it and, and talking on a, on a major radio show. That's, that's how it starts. That's how conversations start, Louise. And, and you've done a great job in doing that today. And I thank you for it. That's Louise Bunyan on the opinion line. 0818 96 96 96. That's how conversations start is on programs like this. There's been a three-car pile-up uh, at the end of McCourton Street, just down by the Leisureplex. A bit of a tip at the lights there. Hope no one is hurt or anything like that. Uh, but it's causing delays. Guards are at the scene taking care. 0818969696. We had some more questions yesterday about mortgages in the wake of my conversation with Charlie Weston. And a couple of questions came up, and I'll put them to the mortgage coach, Joey Sheehan, next. Can we just talk? 
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. Primordial, wild and unadulterated. There's no shortage of words to describe the brand of rock and roll wielded by Bob Log III of Tucson, Arizona. It's his first visit to Cork in a number of years and you can catch him when he plays Cypress Avenue on February 10th. Access all areas. Legends of Irish music and song The Furies, renowned for their hit songs I Will Love You, When You Were Sweet 16 and The Green Fields of France, return to the Opera House on February 20th with tickets on sale now from CorkOperaHouse.ie Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at AAA at 96FM.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. So yesterday, Charlie Whiston from the Indo was on with me talking about how with the price of houses going up and the equity in your house is going up, obviously, with it. If you talk to your mortgage company, that can actually enable you to force your payments down. And he was also talking about the number of fixed rates that are there. At the moment, there's low fixed rates for two years, three years, five years. Chatting about how you might save money on your mortgage. And we're chatting to, to Charlie about that. But a few questions came in and we said we'd bring on Joey Sheehan, the mortgage coach, uh, to maybe take the conversation a little bit further. And I might ask you what you thought about about that idea to approach the... You approach your lender for a better rate. We might talk about that in the end, uh, uh, Joey. But first of all, we have two questions in. And one was this. Uh, I have an interest-only mortgage with KBC. Now, we know they're leaving the market. Uh, we have to move that mortgage by the end of the year. And I'm very worried about how I go about doing that. And there's a lot of people in that situation now. Morning, Joey. Hi, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, so I suppose if somebody has a mortgage with KBC, it has been agreed um, in principle, I think, that they're waiting regulatory uh, anti-competition sign-off for that transaction to actually complete. But those mortgages will all be transferred to Bank of Ireland. The terms of your mortgage would be honoured. So if somebody's on a tracker rate, Bank of Ireland will be bound to honour that tracker rate as well. If somebody's on an interest-only uh, repayments for the term of their loan, um I haven't seen one of those mortgages for about 15 years when when the banks used to write those. But if that's the terms of this person's agreement, then Bank of Ireland would be obliged to to honour that. Now, if they're in a temporary um, um, interest only, maybe they're on forbearance if they had um, financial issues and they're, they're just giving them a break to try and catch up on other repayments, then that would be reviewed, you know, maybe every every year, every two years um, in, in line with that agreement. So, But I suppose this person would have an option then you know, the alternative would be to move to a different bank altogether. So if the loan is up to date, they'd have all of the banks open to them. And you mentioned there, uh, PJ, about rising house prices. So rising house prices is, is a bad thing if you're looking to buy a house because mm. obviously you're going to be paying more. But rising house prices is a good thing for people who own property on the basis that, you know, after the last, after the crash back after 2008, 2009, property values plummeted. A lot of people were in what we call negative equity. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the word negative equity from a client for, I'm going to say, a year or two years because the rising prices have taken people out of that. And not only that, you know, we've seen people that, you know, they might owe 200,000, the house now might be worth 400,000, whereas back five, 10 years ago, you know, they might have owed closer to three and it might have been worth 
less than three, so they might have been on par. All of a sudden, they've got what's called 50% loan to value. So the good news for people that, that own property that have equity in a property, they can switch provider. We've got rates as low as 1.95% uh, fixed for three, four, five, or seven years. That's with Avent money. Um, so that is available available for people who've got a loan to value below 60%. Right. Um, other banks have, have very, very good offers as well. Maybe the rate might be slightly higher, but there could be cashback involved. So anybody who hasn't reviewed their mortgage in the last two to three years, I would say get on to us at mymortgages.ie. We've we've access to nine, we've nine agencies with banks and we can find a better deal almost always. Yeah. E- even, just to give a further example on that, uh, PJ, even as late as yesterday, Haven Mortgages, which distribute mortgages through brokers only, um, announced a green rate of 2%. So the, 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 the rate is 2%. So anybody who's, if the house is A or B rated, Burr rating, so anybody who's buying a new house, building a house, mm. or maybe who's bought a new house in the last few years or built their own house in the last few years, almost certainly all of those houses will be A or B rated. So there are payments, if they were to look at a 400,000 mortgage, 2% interest rate over 35 years is only 1,325, which which is is, is very competitive. That's lower so than thir- most Just over thirteen hundred Yeah, so just over thirteen hundred euro for a four hundred thousand mortgage on on a two percent interest on this new green rate from Haven Mortgages. Yeah. Now, people were also calling about. Uh, we were talking about apprentices and talking there with Louise a while ago about single people. Deal first with single people, Joy, because uh, Louise's contention there was that the mortgage industry just isn't interested in, in them, doesn't care about them and, and, and does nothing for them. What do you think? Well, I, I wouldn't say that the mortgage industry doesn't care about uh, people, you know, single people or, or people in a trade. Um, but what I would say is that, yes, it is very difficult for these people to secure ample mortgage to purchase a property, particularly if they're looking to purchase in one of the cities. So um, we have a client when sale agreed, um, you know, during the week in, in County Cork, let's say, and I think the purchase price was around 150 or 160,000, but they are moving outside of their desired location. So, so there are some properties out there, but you're not going to be around the corner from your, your mother and father if, if they're living in a city, that type of thing. But there are, there are options, but few and far between. What I would say to people in a trade... Um, if they're self-employed, um, once we have two years books, um, same as anybody self-employed. Uh, so let's say if, if they're earning 30 grand a year, once we can show an average of that for two and a, uh, two years and we have two years accounts, then um, they can borrow three and a half times that amount. Mm. Um, and that's the same for, for all self-employed, um, you know. Okay. Now, we're talking a lot about retrofitting and we see there in the last couple of days and I know all the details aren't fully out there yet but the government has really ramped up the amount of money it's going to provide for retrofitting your house up to maybe 25 grand for a deep retrofit. Let's focus on that for a sec. 25,000 for a deep retrofit. Like that might only cover half the cost of it like where will people get the other half do you think there's going to be a lot of people going for god knows second mortgages or or mortgages later in life or mortgages when they might have four or five or six or seven years left on the house mortgage and now they want to retrofit have they to go for another one well i think this this scheme announced yesterday as you said twenty five thousand towards a fifty thousand outlay is good news you know twenty five thousand has to be good news um mm. 
Now, in terms of the balance, um, what we do see a lot of, and we've probably seen even more of it since the pandemic started, is that people doing home improvements. So let's say if it's going to cost me 50 grand to do, you know, retrofit my house and make it more um, greener and bring it up to an A or B rating. So if I can get 25 grand from the government, then I, I need to come up with 25 grand myself. So some people would have savings for, for that. They might have savings for part of it. What they do then is they would either, you could go to your bank or your credit union and get what's called a home improvement loan. The rates on these are generally lower than a personal loan or a car loan. So you can see rates 6 7 8% thereabouts, um, and you can take a term up to 10 years. So the monthly payments aren't um, huge when it's mm. spread over a longer period. So what we would see a lot of is people taking out those loans, and then afterwards when the work is done, the value of the house is probably increased, the borrow rating of the house is probably increased, and then they come to us at my mortgages, and what we would do is we would refinance maybe the mortgage and the home improvement loan together, um, and because the value of the property is most likely increased, they can get a better deal on the mortgage in most cases. Mm. But would they, if, be reset, the would they be resetting the clock, as it were? Um, like no, people so, in their, so, say people like, in their 50s who have a few years left on their mortgages and they take this kind of thing on, are they resetting the clock and taking on debt until they're in their 70s? Not necessarily, because let's say if I if I owe 100 grand on a mortgage and my payment is 1,000 a month, mm-hmm. and let's say I owe 25,000 on a home improvement loan and my payment is 250 a month, my total repayment is 1250 a month. If I refinance the two of those together and I take one mortgage of 125,000, let's say the payment is only 1,100 a month, I can overpay the additional. So I was previously paying 1250 when I had two separate loans. If I amalgamate them, the mortgage payment will be less because it's over a longer period generally. But if I overpay, so bring it up to the 1250, I'll have reduced the interest rate on the home improvement loan. I'm making the same repayments, so I will be saving overall. Right. Yeah, just lastly and briefly, do they still let you do that? Joey, if you want to overpay something? Most banks have some element of overpayment, even if you're in a fixed rate, and maybe 10% of the balance each year. So if you owe 200, you might be able to pay an extra 20 grand per year without penalty. But even if there is a penalty, if somebody wants to pay an extra couple of hundred a month, you can still do it. Uh, An early breakage fee may or may not apply. In most cases, if you were paying an extra, say, 200 a month, it might cost you two euro breakage fee even if there was a breakage fee so right. it would still be worth doing it because yeah, you'd be saving you know that amount of interest year one plus every year chase it down a bit faster all right joey thank you very much my mortgages.ie is uh, joey's website the mortgage coach thank you very much 0818 96 96 96 it's a complex area but thankfully when you have access to someone like joey uh, he can make it much, much easier. Yesterday I was talking to Paul for maybe seven or eight minutes and I could have listened to him all day. Get up in the morning and say, you know what, today is going to be a great day. You know what, I can't wait to see what I meet today. You know what, I can't wait to see all the abundance that comes into my life today. My life is amazing. My life is fun. My life is easy. I love my kids. I love my wife. See, when you speak like this, you start feeling better automatically. Change the words and you change your life. The thought you've been thinking for the past three months is what's in your life today. If you want to change what comes into your life in the next three months, change your thoughts today. Everything starts here. As you you speak better about yourself, you start feeling better. You start feeling more alive. The passion and the enthusiasm in his voice on his TikTok videos really do grab you. Uh, And we'd love a lot of response to Paul. Rory, Rory, Rory. Rory's gone off the line there. I go to Paul. Hi, Paul. 
Hi, PJ. You got involved with Paul. I did. Um, I got involved with Paul. Um, I guess about this time last year, I um, I got into recovery. Um, I was in addiction for a long time, and uh, I couldn't couldn't slow down my head. Paul was saying this, I'm slowing my head to talk to my head. I just couldn't slow him down. So, uh, to a mutual friend, I met Paul, and um, he gave me some voice notes to listen to, and it just hit me so it's like, you know, I'm not my thoughts, um, and I don't act on them either, you know. So I went to a couple of seminars then after that, and it just, you know, it just flew from there. You know, my head mm-hmm. slowed down. The, the madness in my head stopped. You know, the thoughts mm-hmm. stopped, you know, and everything else just came into play. You know, my whole life changed, really, you know, from just meeting Paul and, and, and putting, implicating the stuff he gave me, the tools he gave me, you know, to walk up through my life. I was looking at some of his TikToks uh, yesterday and, and, and today and listening to him yesterday on the programme. You know, you're, you're, like a, you're like a fish on a hook. He reels you yeah. in. You can't stop listening to the man. Yeah, that's it. I, 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 I always say when I met Paul Frost, it was like he had an aura around him. And it's like he, he had a rope and he was just dragging me in and dragging me in and dragging me in. And that's what it's like when I met him first. When I said to a lot of people, a lot of people said, you're mad, Paul, you're so mad. But you have to listen to him. You have to be around him. And, and see the people around them and see what the people have to do in their lives and how that to change in their lives. For me, personally, myself, like I said, I, I met Paul when I was going through addiction, you know, and, and then I came out the other side in recovery and it's just, you know, it's amazing. I, I changed my jobs, my, my outlook in life is a lot better, you know, my, even, even my relationship with my family and my kids and stuff are a lot better, you know. I mean, being present at the moment with people, you know, and, and this, 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 the world that they say, be present, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's amazing. And you are not your thoughts. That's it. That is. That's it. How, that's how, the, the explain what that means, as as you understand it. Um, the, way, the way it was said to me first day was, you know, I, I used to sit in seminars and I used to hear Paul saying, you know, you can imagine yourself going through town and having these people, you know, you know, people that speak out loud and scream at children. He said that they have the same, you know, headspace as you, and they have the same thoughts going through their head, but the device in their head is a bit louder, so they're screaming out, shouting out loud. So. With myself, I felt the same. I felt that I, I was talking to myself a lot and giving up to myself a lot and beat myself up a lot. But when I talked to Paul and Paul said, Paul, that's hard, it's hard. that voice in your head is not, is not you. And the more I started being around him, the more he, I, he explained about, you know, the thoughts and not yourself. You know, it's that ego inside your head. It's, you know, it just came to form. Okay. All right. And I'm delighted that things are going so well for you. Paul, thank you. Rory is back. Hi, Rory. You got involved with Paul. Hey, PJ. How are you? Good morning. Good. Um, Yeah, I've been friends with Paul for many years. and We went on uh, many adventures together, many different retreats and stuff like that. So it's been an amazing journey along the way. Um, like I said, like Paul is actually one of the unspoken heroes of Cork. He's helped so many people along the way, and he never looks for praise. He never looks for recognition of this. So when this came up yesterday, I thought it was a good time to. Uh, and congratulations on your show, actually, for um, leaving leaving this proceed. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, like Paul, Paul does retreats off his own back. He doesn't charge a penny. He does these uh, seminars where you just go up, and all it is is just people to be able to escape from. Not, not reality, it's, it's the everyday life, the busyness, the, the constant non-stop, and where you can just unwind and enjoy and get back to being yourself a, bit, a small bit. It's only a couple of hours, but you see the difference of people coming out after a seminar, and everyone starts getting different results in their life. Um, 
Like some people opening up new businesses, other people just that have faced different challenges, just really getting to a better place, you know. Yeah, like you, you were saying, I think that the the negativity of the pandemic started to get to you a little bit. It, it did, it did. What happened was, um, my young family, I have a ten year old and I have a three year old, and uh, I have asthma, this, uh, which really severe enough since I was a kid. Okay, so then when the pandemic kicked in, it uh, I started thinking, I was saying, geez, you know, you're hearing all these horror stories coming out and don't get me wrong I know there was a lot of people got hurt along the way uh, from COVID etc but like it sort of stuck in my head and it's well like because of the asthma I was afraid to have anyone in the house or anything like that and you sort of isolated yourself a lot uh, a lot where I'm lucky in the fact that like I have good friends like Paul um, Peter Matthew one or two other people where a lot of people mightn't have that and Paul was on to me saying come on come up to the come up to one of the seminars obviously we're adhering to social distance guidelines etc um, so I kept saying no 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 because as I said I was in my own little bubble and I was afraid to go beyond that but anyway, I decided to change that, and I went up. And uh, Jesus, uh, the, the the joy back in my life, and the, the difference has been extraordinary. You know, like just a small little example, as in just things you things you take for granted. I mean, I woke up early at about half six on Saturday morning. And um, I got my small lad up. He was only ten, and we went up to the lock and just watched the watched the sunrise mm. and shared a cup of tea. It's just you get the zest back for life, and it brings you back to your real authentic self. You know, that's a lovely thing to do. And I have to say, as someone, uh, I'm so looking forward, for example, to the next three to four weeks when the sun starts coming up that that little bit earlier every morning. I'm so looking forward to spring sunrises. That must have been brilliant with your little boy. I was brilliant. I could see it just looking, looking into his eyes, and you see it's totally different. Like kids, kids, like at the moment, in my in my opinion, like they're they have racing thoughts. I mean, this information, every child should get to know it and get the tools to be able to help themselves and further and further on their life. Like they're playing computers and there's constant, just high intensity and stuff like that. Where kids, when we were younger, we used to be all kicking a ball or playing tip the can or whatever. Yeah. Where where if we can pass on this information onto the kids, you can really help them along their journey, I believe. That's fantastic. Rory, thank you so much. And thanks as well uh, to Paul. If you want to look at what he's about, hello, my friend PMC on TikTok. Hello, my friend PMC on TikTok. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Right. Valentine's Day is next Monday, 14th. And later this hour, we'll be finding out just about what star sign is more compatible with what star sign? There are sort of naturals natural combinations so uh, if you're already in a relationship there's not much you can do about it but if you're looking for love next Monday maybe check the star sign. More on that as we go through the hour. Also the Brits were last night in the UK 
and Adele. They've changed the categories around. I'll talk to Crossy about this when he's on, because he's coming on to talk to me about it. He was covering from us last night. But Adele gave a little kickback. At least I thought it was a little kickback to the idea that there's not so much a best female and a best male artist. Now, it's just best artist. I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. I'm I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. Was that was that a little push pushback at the change in the rules? Actually, speaking of music and the music business and all connected with it, I'm, I'm just reminded um, of a year ago today, at approximately 4 p.m., uh, we lost a man who had played an enormous role in the development of so many musicians, entertainers, bands, DJs. You name it, he played a role in their development and in their careers. And uh, his death hit us hard uh, here last year, particularly myself and Fergal, who would have worked with and for and around him for many, many years, and indeed many more in the building and many more in the industry. I speak, of course, of Ted Dunn. Uh, today is Ted Dunn's first anniversary. And sometimes it's, it's hard to believe that Ted is gone. I was just saying to someone recently that last Christmas, early December, it was the first time in many, many years that I wouldn't get a phone call deep into December. Ted gone, Paige, can you get me out of a hole? Can you go somewhere for me? Can you do this? Can you do... It was always something. It didn't come and it won't come again. And uh, on that level I miss him and this time of the year he'd be calling me to know will I make myself available for a few weddings in the summer will I do a few weddings for said, that's not going to come and I miss that I miss Ted and I miss I miss the fun we used to have and I'm sure Fergal is the very very same but nobody nobody misses Ted more than uh, of course Sheila his wife and Lily and TJ his two wonderful kids and his brother Pat uh, and they're devastated uh, by, uh, Pat just texted me yesterday to remind me that the anniversary was today and I didn't need that reminder, but thank you, Pat. Um, so we remember Ted. We remember Ted today. 0818 96 96 96. Bunch of stuff in on apprenticeships and other comments, but I want to go to to Mary. Uh, this is, this is Councillor Mary Lehin Foley, but, but Mary, you're talking to me today as a mom rather than as a public representative. What happened to your daughter? Hi, PJ. Yeah, I'm not here. I suppose I'm not speaking to you this morning. I'm in my role as a public representative. I'm speaking to you this morning on my on behalf, I suppose, of my daughter Shauna, um, as her mum. And yesterday morning, Shauna was going into town. Funny enough, we got a kitten, a cat, and she wanted to go in and get a bed for the kitten. And she went down to her car and. Her car was open, which she thought was unusual, but she still didn't think anything now, PJ. She just kind of said, you know, I must have left it open or whatever. And she got in, the seat was back and there was disarray. There was receipts, everything all over the front seat of the car. So she realized first, I suppose, that there was her purse was open. Her card, her bank card, luckily, was on the floor of the car and her cash 60 euro was gone. And as well as that, her jacket her North Face jacket that was on the front seat of the car, the passenger seat was gone as well. 
So <clears throat> she rang me. I was actually in town at the time. And she rang me in an awful state. Ma'am, mm. she said, I'm after being robbed. Or someone's after breaking into my car. Um, my money's gone. My jacket's gone. I think my AirPods are gone. Um, and other bits in the car. So I came home, obviously. And she was very, very upset, PJ. So it turned out anyway that, look, it's an older type car. So she clicked it, as she thought, to lock it. Yeah. And um, she doesn't know, and the guards came now, and they don't know either whether she clicked it twice, maybe, and it unlocked when mm. she was it's parked down on our road, um, in Kilcoran Road in Yall, which is a very, very quiet area. Yeah, sometimes and, those old you know, central locking systems don't work the first time. I've noticed that myself when I had older cars over the years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know the way sometimes you click a peach and then you go, God, did I click it? So you click yeah. again yeah. to make sure you locked it when you're walking away and maybe you're opening it. So she's not too sure on that. There is a slight dint on the passenger door, all right. But um, whether that was pulling it open or what, I don't know. But look, that's what happened, PJ. And to be honest with you, I kind of said, look, these things happen in life. And, you know, but she was traumatized. I mean, oh, so, so upset, PJ. Mm. For a young girl, she was really, it, is really it, is was. Is it her first car, Mary? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Saved her money. She works away. She goes to college and she works. And, you know, she saves for it and she has. She's a good girl, PJ. Yeah. 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 And and it, 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 it's a kind of an invasion of personal space, isn't it, in the worst way? Yes. Yes. And you know what I was very surprised in as a mother, I suppose, and as a person was, you know, these things happen. We hear about them every day. I hear about it quite a lot through my work as well. But I couldn't get over the effect that it did have on her all day yesterday, as in the crying, you know. And I was kind of going, Sean's, it's fine. You know, nobody's died. Nobody's sick. We're all okay. It's only bloody, you know, your jacket or whatever. But ma'am, she said, like, do you think they knew? It was my car. No, I said, no. Do, like, the things, the weird, I suppose not weird because she's a young girl. You know what I mean? She's 20. So she just kind of was overthinking stuff in the sense that do you think they knew it was me? And, you know, she was totally traumatized. Like, she genuinely was. Now, the guard, you were great, you know. And I said to the two guards when they came out straight away within 20 minutes after ringing them, they came out, you know. And they said, look, Sean, it's probably an opportunist. It's probably just... They were checking maybe doors going by. Yeah. Maybe it was open. Maybe they saw the jacket. Maybe they saw your purse, which again, a lesson learned, PJ. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's hard. It, it's, 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 you know what? It's not nice. It's no. not nice. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because they're, 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 just starting out in the world, the first car, and you know, no matter how much of an old jalopy or rust bucket it is, they, yes. you know, we yes. love it. I still remember my yeah. first car. It was a bag of bolts, like it was a bucket of junk. But I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved yeah. it. So you know how the, you know that feeling. And if someone invades, I know that. that space and she on, does. Yeah. yeah, she does as well. She got the number plates. You know yourself. She got her father to get wheels first. You know, um, she gets it clean. She hoovers it. Mm-hmm. Mind be like my car. I could say to some of my girls, some days lads will want to hoover the car. But Sean is always out there cleaning it. She has pride in it. And it's only, it's a Toyota. It's not, it's an old car. And like at the end of the day, it was her, it's her pride and joy, you know. And that's why I was so disappointed for her. Mm. But look, PJ, I'm not coming on here. She's not any different to anyone else in the sense that it happens every day of the week. Mm. But it does have an effect. It does have an after effect. I saw it yesterday, you know. Of course it does. It's tra- It's called trauma, yeah. Mary. It's a form of. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a form of trauma. Listen, wish her well from us. 
Uh, and th- hopefully that's the worst thing ever happens to her car. Um, and she won't know that now. She won't be able to see that now. But eventually it'll come around to her. And and uh, all you can do is be there in a situation like that. And you are. Mary Linehan Foley, thank you. And Shauna, they'll have no luck with it. They'll have no luck, particularly the 60 quid. They'll have no luck with it. 0818 96 96 96. Here's a weird one. Here's a strange one. Um, does anybody know if there is Jack Russell friendly accommodation for rent in East Cork near a town and on the bus or the train route Jack Russell friendly accommodation I presume any old dog I doubt there are accommodation that specifically mentions Jack Russell's but uh, that's from Veronica if anybody can help Veronica 0818 96, 96, 96. We are still looking for your headlines with regard to the list of ministers going abroad for St. Patrick's Day. And we're doing it today in conjunction with our friends at Borgosh Energy who have given us €350, one for all vouchers every day this week and a little extra surprise on Friday. And we want you to do a headline. And we're having some good ones all morning. But remind you again of what is happening... With the ministers, okay? Taoiseach is off to London first, then Washington, D.C. Leah Varadkar is going to Chile. Eamon Ryan is going to New York. Pascal Donoghue is going to the Netherlands and to London. Michael McGrath is going to San Francisco and then Vancouver. Then there's Argentina, United Arab Emirates, Boston, France, Savannah, Georgia, Austin, Texas, Greece... Portugal, Lebanon, Romania, Mexico, Finland, Japan, Sweden, Belgium, Poland, Croatia, Scotland, Czech Republic. And the Attorney General is going to Washington, D.C. Big long list. The only one staying at home. This is the best bit. The only one staying at home is the Minister for Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney. Like, Minister, the clue is kind of in the title. Minister for Foreign Affairs. But he's staying at home. He's the minister on call for St. Patrick's Day. He's effectively run of the country for the few days. But we wanted a headline to give us a laugh. And we're getting loads of them. And we've got another half an hour to get you yours in. All right. 083 96 96 to text or WhatsApp those in. 083 96 96 Now, we did have a... Uh, a caller who said, are there guards going with all these ministers providing protection or is that deaf to the FBI? How big is the entourage, advisors, spin doctors? Are their wives and husbands going? Are we seriously supposed to believe that Intel are scouring the world for a factory site and then see the Taoiseach doing his shamrock and say, oh yeah, what about Ireland? Or Eamon Ryan, seeing as all the green policies are promoted now all around the world. And we're always hearing from Simon Coveney how Ireland is a thought leader. Couldn't Damon Ryan put it out there, maybe on foreign media, that Ireland will set an example by using the internet for these junkets? Or ask Zuckerberg, could he use meta virtual reality? Yeah. It's the same discussion we have every year. But I want a headline. I want a fun headline. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The 
Premier League Live, powered by Talk Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online at 96fm.ie. Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre-match analysis, live commentary, and in-depth interviews with some legends of the sport. The Premier League Live. With now, stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. Listen every Saturday, exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Cork's 96FM app. Cork's 96FM. Oh, no, we get very, very, very close now. In fact, it happens tomorrow. The announcement will be made tomorrow. 12.30. What is this thing we're all talking about? The big news. Our next big giveaway. Thousands and thousands of euros. Talking about it all week, people asking, what are you talking about? What's it all about? Tomorrow, half twelve, with Simon, be listening. Have your friends listening. Have the family listening. Have Auntie Gertrude listening. Just make sure you're listening tomorrow, half twelve, on Simon's programme, to reveal details of the next big giveaway. Thousands and thousands of euro to give away only on Cork's 96FM. Do not miss that. All right? You have now been warned. 0818 96 96 96. You know what's lovely with this kind of new, slow and careful return uh, where everything's opened up and we can start going about organising things? What is lovely to see is events again. Some of them tentative, we're a bit nervous about it, but we're doing it. And this... Friday, 10th of February, the Rainbow Club are having an event at uh, at, at Jacob's on the Mall. Karen, good morning. How are you doing? Good. good. Yeah. yeah. You're a bit nervous about it, but excited at the same time. Yeah, it's actually Thursday night um, at Jacob's on the Mall. So we, we it's a very small, um, it's the first of our fundraisers after, I suppose, really two years. And you know, people were hesitant, but I suppose we're, as a parent, um, myself, I think we're all just looking for opportunities to get back out and get mixing and seeing human beings again, you know, um, in, a, in, a social, in a social environment. So it's a very small little group, but I mean, we've had, we've had lovely support. We've been, you know, anxious about it, but I think, you know, we all have to really try to get back to, to living as well, mm. which is really important. And I think for us, um, we were really excited for the parents to be able to, to have something that they could do together yeah. as well, you know. It's been very tough for a group like the Rainbow Club to, to fundraise in the, in the last it, year or two. It has been absolutely a nightmare. It's been, with so many different fundraisers online, it was hard to compete. And then at the same time, we were still up and running and providing services. So it, we, we were very limited in what we could do. Um, we were, you know, it, it was it was really really hard, and it has been an extremely stressful two years um, for the staff and and for all of us as well. And mm-hmm. um, you know, having volunteers coming back, you know, people that had their own difficulties and worries, and um, trying to get it, and then still trying to keep everything going. And um, we were meeting the demand of what the children and the families need as well throughout what has been a very difficult time. So we had to introduce a lot of extra supports and services that. 
we need that they, they they need is that they couldn't get um, that are now up and running and, and really important and we don't want to lose them again. So we need to know fundraise to be able to sustain yeah. those and keep those going long term. Yeah. Are, are there tickets still available for Thursday? There are a few. There are uh, there's only a few left then um, for Thursday night. Yeah, um, but the office is open today and um, um, look, I mean, we we'd be delighted to to fill it. I think we had about fifty tickets all together. Uh, we do have another few events coming up in the next few months that we're hoping people will come and, and support. Um, but again, I think you know we're we're really coming out of what has you know yourself. It's been difficult for everybody, mm. but it's lovely then as well to go back into businesses, places like Jacobs on the Mall and some of the hotels, and bring business back to them as well. You know, um, they would be always very very good. I mean, the Rainbow Club has always gotten huge support from the city, from businesses and and the public and. You know, we hope that people, you know, really see everything that they do give us is really going in a, is going into the club in a very positive way. Our new expansion here is going to take a huge amount of investment over the next few years um, to be able to keep all of these programmes going and to also to be able to provide stuff for the children as they grow as well. Yeah. If anybody does want to pick up any of those tickets, where can they get them? So they can ring the office and they can pick up the phone and then what we do is we send them an email confirmation and then their name and their number will be in Jacob's then when they come in and arrive on the night. So they can ring us on at 86 Hold on, um, say that again to me. 86 So 86 Mm-hmm. 0-5-8-1-0. And the number's on the website as well and there's posters up on Twitter and Instagram and okay. Facebook. Well, we ho- I hope you have um, a, a great night Thursday. We're going to enjoy our Valentine's good. with our parents. We are. Thank you good, so good. much. And just yeah. let me mention Karen, because I mentioned him coming out of the news. I know that uh, my friend Ted Dunn was a great supporter of the Redinburgh Club. Yes, we're thinking of him very fondly today. Um, he's He was a huge, huge supporter of the club and um, himself and Sheila, their family mean a lot to the club here. Um, you know, TJ has a very special place with us um, and we you know we were we we were remembering him today in a very positive way and sure. um, and I suppose that we are going to be able to celebrate in in the Silver Springs um, in March um Ted's award as well so yeah. yeah we're thinking of them all today and right. um, okay. he's a great man thank you so much for 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 mentioning him as well it's it's lovely when people are Cheers. I know he's a lot of wonderful friends and families around the city that were very fond of them too. Sure. All right, Karen, thank you. Karen Amati from the Rainbow Club. A uh, few tickets left for that. Uh, Jacob's on the Mall, Thursday the 10th. Uh, they're available at 086 0805810. We did get a long comment in on apprentices. Oh, come here. So, yes, thank you for this, Craig, from Ballancolic. Today is also uh, the anniversary of Liam Miller. The late, great Liam Miller. Thanks for that. I appreciate that, Craig. I had forgotten that. Um, Right, on apprentices and apprenticeships, Anthony got onto the opinion line. There's a lot of issues with apprenticeship. Some of us are trying to work to get them sorted out. The biggest issue is the minimum entry requirement. Five Ds in any subject in the group search are equivalent. That might be fine in some fields, but not in mine. I'm involved in mechanical engineering. You have to have a bit of mechanical drawing and a bit of maths and some grasp of materials to make it work. There's no material science in schools, 
The closest is regular science. If you understand science, there's a good chance you might get materials science. But then again, maybe not. Really, there should be a materials science subject taught in schools and widely taught. And mechanical drawing should be a widespread option. The employers can filter the applicants to see they have the right type of subject. But with the entry requirement the way it is, there's no target for young men or women to aim for. If you had a requirement of, say, a passing group cert maths, mechanical drawing, and material science for mechanical drawing, people could focus on that. There's an issue with employers not registering apprentices on time. They say, we'll give you a start. If you're okay, we'll give you an apprenticeship. A young fellow does the first coat on a load of houses, say, painting, and then finds out he's done a rake of them he isn't even registered for. And he's wasted a year because he has to wait for the next round of apprenticeships. There's no technical school in Cork anymore. I went to Sawmill Street at one time. There was the Mon Tech as well. There's a review of the Solace exams coming up, and that's welcome. But it has to tie in with the secondary schools. I've been invited to take part, but I'm going to highlight the need to link up between what's going on in school and what's going on in Solace. Pat Gilfoyle of Nitu, that's one of the smaller unions, has great ideas. And I want to give him a shout-out for that. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for that. Uh, apprenticeships, great idea, but probably need reforming. I didn't even know. And I'm, I, 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 did, I, did, I thought the group cert was long gone. I didn't think the group cert was long gone. I, 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, some of your entries for this competition are great. Uh, Rockin' doll over the world. Now that's one. That's got to be a contender. Rockin' doll over the world. Simple Simon won't meet Biden. Yeah, that's 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 got merit. High flying paddies. And this little piggy stayed at home. Oh, that's cheeky. That's cheeky. Where else? The Muppets Conquer the World. That was one of the first ones in this morning. Naughty, but there you go. Leprechauns on their jollies. Rocking doll over the world. That's coming. Listen, lads. Snakes on a plane. I mean, that's bold. That's naughty. Don't return to sender, <laughs> says Craig. Yeah, the 33 that St. Patrick's forgot. You're not, there's not a lot of love here for the ministers, is there, lads? No. There isn't. 0818 96 96 96. And if you want to get some more of those in, 083 396 96 96. Whether it's about the the 33 trips, 33 different trips, or it's about the Minister for Foreign Affairs being at home when the rest of them are going around the world, whichever it is, 083 396 96 96. Give me a headline, make me laugh, make us laugh. Give us a start and it'll be winning 350 euros in a one-for-all voucher for you before the end of the programme, courtesy of Board Gosh Energy. Now, as we said earlier, next Monday is Valentine's Day. So if you're looking to score and looking to start out 
on that strange road that is the road of love, then maybe, maybe uh, you should learn a little bit about what star sign you're most compatible with. Uh, Kate Arbon's Astrological Services. I'll hope to talk to her shortly. Sorry, I thought she was there, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you, PJ? I wasn't sure where you were. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like I'm here, but nothing's coming through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the stars could help us out there. So you say that certain certain star signs are more compatible th- than others. Yeah, they certainly are. So the, what we call our sun signs, you know, uh, they certainly are. The zodiac signs, they definitely are. But it's more complicated when it comes to people because even though certain signs are very much compatible with each other, we have such a mix. It's not just our sun, you see. That's only a small part. And the moon and the Venus would make a big difference to how you relate to somebody. So, you know, that's why sometimes we can we can be going, oh, you know, I'm I'm a Taurus and I'm with, you know, I'm with an Aries and we're not meant to get along. And they do. Yeah. You know, because because of course there's so much else in the chart, so that's the bit that's more difficult. It's a very complex. Well, people are very complicated, yeah. and then relationships. Do the, do the cusps make a difference, Kate? You know, the cusp. Someone was born, say, on the date that crosses over between the two. Well, not really. Now, uh, you know, in astrology, we say when it comes to a cusp of a house, you're either one or the other. Absolutely. You know, that's the thing, you know, so so even though some people would say, oh, I feel like, say, a Taurus, they say, but I feel more like an Aries, you know, but you see, they may have Venus or Mercury in Aries. So that would, you know, so this is why it's a bit more complicated. But some fun astrology, I mean, we can have a bit of fun and it is relevant. You know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. can relate to it. So it's not. It's not going to, you know, it's not it's not absolute nonsense, but it's just it's very much more complicated. Before I get into the ideal combinations as you see them, uh, people of the same star sign together, is that good or a recipe for disaster? (laughs) A bit of both. Now, there's some, again, it's some signs. Now, for example, Scorpio, um, there's a lot of uh, couples who would be Scorpio, both sun sign Scorpio, because in a way, they understand each other like nobody else does. Um... Now, I do know, for example, the one you would say, oh, you can't get two Leos in the same room. You know, that's just, you know, one of those things. But I do know couples who are both Leos sometimes. So there's always the exception to the rule. But on the whole, it's not such a great combination. Because two, two as you imagine like the sun in the same place, two suns wouldn't work. the only one sun in in any one place Taurus is an interesting one the the experts or the the people who say that the the ideal couple would be Virgo but you do see quite a lot of Tauruses with Capricorns yes because it's an earth sign Capricorn's another earth sign you see, so so um, uh, there's there's more affinity between a Taurus and a Capricorn in a way because they're more solid Earth, um, whereas whereas the third Earth sign there, Virgo, um, is mutable. It's immovable. It's ruled by Mercury. It's a lot more mental, and uh, you know, uh, there's a lot more action and nervous energy with a Virgo person. Yeah. So that's why that's why it's not cut and dry. Yeah. I'd have come across a lot of couples in my own life who are two Virgos do they work together well well they can but uh, you see I'd be careful what I say now I could insult half the oh, twelfth of the population here um, they can because it's just uh, Virgos can be very um, what's the word uh, discerning is a way of putting it you know they see the faults and they see what needs to be improved 
And so two Virgos could be at each other all the time. But on the other hand, they can really work out and work together to, to make everything, each other and life a better place. So if there are, give me two or three, say three, Kate, that you would think of as the most compatible pairings in the of all the signs as you see them? Okay, well, I would say, um, for example now, I would say uh, Cancer and Pisces are very good together. They're two very soft, gentle, watery signs. Now, again, it's not the whole thing, but they're very good together. And and the one you mentioned there, Taurus and Capricorn, they're very good together. Okay, because they like the solidity and the, the commitment and the, the long view. You know, so they're very good at sticking together. And then I suppose, I suppose I'd see fire signs like, say, Sagittarius and uh, Leo, but they, you know, there's no guarantee that they'll last the go, you know, the full way because they like the excitement and they like change and they like drama. So, and this is very general, very general. So don't get worried now. Don't, don't start, sure. you know, seeing solicitors at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and if someone is single right now, Okay. Yeah. And we're talking to the singletons coming up to the weekend of love and the day of love itself. Yes. Is there a red flag? Oh, a definite no-no. Well, no, I would say not because there's a, I've come across every unlikely combination you could imagine. Right. So I'd say don't if, if you get the feeling, don't pass them up. But if you're serious, before you sign any papers, before you put your name to something maybe go a bit deeper and check it out for the longer term. Is it a flash in the pan? You know, so I'd say for dating, for Valentine's, for expressing your feelings, don't pass anybody up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to count anybody out. But, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, you could get, so again, I could upset people. Mm. Say, for example, like a Cancerian might find it very difficult to work with a Leo, you know, but then that energy might work well. So it's like, it's like mm, don't mix your fire signs with your water signs and don't mix your air signs with your earth signs, right. if that makes any sense to anyone. Sense. That and, would be the general rule. And whatever you do, have fun and good luck. Oh, absolutely, especially this Valentine's coming up because it's so, we've got the Mars and the Venus conjunction on the full moon two days later, which oh. is fabulous. So whatever you propose on Valentine's Day might come to be at the full moon. Oh. So it's a special one because Mars is very much, it, Mars is moving faster than usual. Venus is moving slower than usual. So Mars is the pursuer this time. Mars is really, you know, pursuing Venus over the Valentines and he meets her on the full moon. Oh, so this could be a good Valentine for certain people seeking companionship. Yes, yes there's a lot of energy and it comes together. Well, it's who, in, who in particular then? Oh, well, that's okay. So it's in the sign of Capricorn. So the earth signs are going to are going to benefit from this. So that's Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo, and also, I suppose, the the um, uh, the water signs as well. You know, so so everybody might benefit, but the Capricorns are really going to get the best of it. Okay, all right, Kate, always, always fun to talk with you. Thank you very much, Kate Arben from Kate Arben Astrological Services. It's a bit of fun. Capricorns, Virgos, uh, did she say uh, cancers? Anyway, if you're an earth sign, get out there Monday. If you're single, of course, get out there Monday <laughs> and go on the scrounge. You might be sorted. 0818 
96 96 96. A couple more comments on apprenticeships because there's a lot of interest out there in it. Mike says, I can't believe someone's asking, this is about Gus's call, where Gus said the money's too low and maybe that the government should give an allowance to apprentices to attract people into it. Mike says, I can't believe someone's asking for extra money to be given to apprentices. You have to start at the bottom and work your way up. There's a lot of learning in working hard and earning that bit more with effort. I did my apprenticeship in the UK on what they called a YTS scheme. My first year, my weekly pay was £15 a week. My second year, 32 But with hard work, my boss topped it up. Some people just want big money straight away now. Good wages are based on work ethic and capability, but not anymore. Parents are to blame too. Uh, that moved on me. Parents are to blame too. A lot of the kids have gone soft. Cheers, says Mike. Joe says, carpentry and plumbing is a fabulous career. I trained as a hairdresser. It's been a great life. It is tough at the start, but it really picks up and you'll never be out of work. Uh, Mike's son's an apprentice carpenter. He's getting 350 a week. Loads of his friends are doing the same and it's great money for them when they are starting out. Someone came back to me on mortgages just to advise that some credit unions also do offer mortgage products. Every conversation you have refers to banks. You should actually be saying financial institutions like credit unions are not banks, but they are regulated by the central bank and are offering mortgages. Thank you for that. I tend to say lenders as often as possible because I know there are many other different kinds of lender. The rent on a property which was no, which has no mortgage on it should be less than a property which has one. And that's from Ed. Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should. On passports, the problem is for the first-time applicants. They said it should take about eight weeks. We're waiting for my daughter's one since August. Good. And nothing yet. Took them four months to verify the documents. Now it's in the processing stage. It's just crazy. And on medical cards, uh, uh, Mary was on. You had a spokesperson on the show this morning talking about carbon tax and the difficulties people are facing watching heating, electricity and all other outgoings. I recently lost my husband with three children and going through this. What I would like addressed on the show is the medical card. Why doctors aren't being assessed because different charges apply to different surgeries. For instance, my daughter has a GP card only. Her blood test is 15 euro. I have recently for the first time been entitled to the medical card. I paid 30 euro for a blood test Someone else pays a tenner with their medical card. Shouldn't all doctors be regulated to charge the same for, or better still, have the HSE come up with a plan for the doctors so the cost of a blood test is built into the visit, or even a five euro charge? So people struggling don't have this extra financial burden as it's very difficult. And regards from Mary. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday we were talking about carbon tax, and sorry for your loss. Mary, and it's a, a very tough time for you to be going through. Yeah, I'll do that, guys. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. I want to find out shortly whether Adele was actually having a little bit of a pop at the organisers about the Brits. We'll do that in a while. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We've got thousands and thousands and thousands of euro to give away. 
the details this Thursday at 12.30. On Cork's 96FM. I wonder was she actually having a pop at the organisers when Adele said this last night. I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. I'm I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Crusty, she won all rounder, but was she having a pop? Good morning. Good morning, Peter. You know what? There, there's something up. I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something up. So when you guys were watching the Brits last night, I actually watched something else. I get a different feed to what goes out on TV. So when she finishes those awards, she goes into a different room, gets some photographs taken away from all the noise. And then uh, reporters, presenters would then chat to her or anyone who has won and go, congratulations, how are you? Light and fluffy. You'd never ask, you know, what, you know, do you like ham on your toast? You know, nothing like, it's always just, how are you feeling? Great. Thanks, I won. Good luck. She spoke to nobody. And that's the one thing I looked at. When she was walking up the red carpet, she spoke to nobody either. So I was like, right, is she annoyed? You know, the whole Las Vegas thing hasn't been good for her. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about her that she's, you know, not wanted anyone on stage, that she's been given out about speakers, she's been given out about people. So I would say, she, like, is she becoming a diva? I'd hope not. I don't think so. She's I like, just think she's I, having a bit I think of a she, she, she seems to be just as odd as two left shoes. Yeah, yeah. Now she walked. She she walked in wearing a massive, massive diamond ring last night. Yeah. But she never she never said that she was getting married. So is she trying to you know mess with the press? Is she trying to mess with the public? Is she trying to you know take away from Las Vegas? We'll know this weekend because she's going to be on with uh, Graham Norton okay. this Friday night. Okay. That's been recorded today, I think. Okay. So, um, but will yeah, she look, share, will she share where, the couch? Uh, she, oh, well, there you. This is the interesting thing: is it going to be a one-on-one, or is there going to be other people there? And who are the other people that are there? Oh, wow. Because amazing. I would say they'll have full control. You have a few highlights for us, Crossy Becky Hill. Ah, uh, Becky Hill. So Becky Hill was on The Voice. This week, 10 years ago, 18 years of age, she didn't make it on The Voice. Um, Since then, she has had so many number ones. She's been on so many dance tracks. She won the first dance track uh, Brit Award uh, in the last 16 years because they scrapped it 16 years ago. Afterwards, we caught up with her. And it's a beautiful thing she said here. Have a listen to this. It feels good. I mean, I never, you never expect it. I come because I love the night. I love performing. I never expect to win. So, I mean, this is a really... Hang on. That's that's obviously not Becky Hill. That's Ed Sheeran. Hold on a second, we'll find Becky. She's she's over here. She is over here. I'm 28 next week. I was voted off The Voice when I was 18 years old. And in that time, I've just tried to not be Becky Hill off The Voice. I've tried to not be secondary to other artists. And I've tried to carve my own way. And it's been like 12 top 40 records. And I've, I've never, I still felt like people were going, Becky who? And now I really hope people know when they say Becky Hill, they know exactly who it is. Putting it in my Instagram bio now. (laughs) She's got an extraordinary voice, actually, in fairness to her. She's brilliant. She's great. And Ed Sheeran as well. Uh, he lost it in some awards, but he won Songwriter of the Year Award. And we just asked him, you know, you've got so many awards. Uh, what does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. Great evening. Really, really fun. I've never got to open anything. So uh, apart from Christmas presents. So it's been fun. I had a fantastic evening. Uh, getting to work with Bring Me the Horizon was a dream. And uh, yeah, it was great opening the show. This is great. Yeah, he 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 like he enjoys what he does, and obviously you obviously see that he's he's a much in, more interesting interview than Adele, isn't he? Really, he is. And you know what? He's the same fella as he was yeah. 
10 years ago than he is now. You know, he's he's come in, he's had a chat with us now over the years and he's just down to earth. You know, there's no hustle and bustle. There's nothing around him. He knows what he wants. He knows what he likes. You know, he's a massive Westlife fan. A yeah. massive Westlife yeah. fan. Yeah, and he's a so, Beatles uh, fan. He turned up in that fabulous movie. Do you remember that 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 movie? Uh, great movie, yeah. Yesterday. Yes, yeah, brilliant film. He turned up in that and he was so nondescript, like, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Right, you, you got another clip with Ed. Yeah, so Ed was talking about, you know, winning the Songwriter Year Award, and here's what he had to say. It feels good. I mean, I never, you never expect it. I come because I love the night, I love performing, I never expect to win, so, I mean, this is a really, really great award to get, and it's, yeah. I've never, see, I've never actually seen a classic Brit, because they've always been different years of being different artists, so uh, this is the first time I'm holding, like, an old-school Brit. Proper Brit. Well, not a proper Brit. The other six don't. They're still still Brits, but yeah, it's great. In fairness, the boy can write a song, and he's more than proven it over the years. Like, yeah. And uh, this Friday, if you're a Taylor Swift fan and an Ed Sheeran fan, you're going to have the time of your life because um, his brand new song, uh, he's going to have a remix of it with Taylor Swift. He announced it last night as he was leaving. He says, the song's coming out. Oh, by the way, Taylor Swift's going to be in it. It's going to be a remix and it's going to be out Friday. So I think that, you know, that's going to dominate the charts over the next couple of weeks. Uh, There's one guy who everybody is talking about at the minute. His name is Sam Fender. There is, you know, Incredible, incredible guy. Um, he won an award, Best Alt Rock, last night. And uh, here's what he had to say. Uh, we've got a massive tour coming uh, in about a month's time, which I can't wait for. Arena tour. Um, that's, that's that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most, I think. And then all the festivals after that are going to be great. I'm quite excited for the summer. It was, uh, it's been a long... It's felt, it's, I don't know, it's felt like a long winter. I don't know why. I think it's because I've been like doing nothing. For, for the whole of Christmas I've just been kind of sat on my arse eating peppers and playing Playstation so it's, uh, I'm excited to get back Sounds like he'd lovely Christmas <laughs> now, he, The very interesting backstory to this guy right so you know when songs come out you do like little reports and all that like, you've all music labels we actually got a sneak peek of his backstory and the likes of Spotify Shazam Radio he's had a natural growth and they haven't seen that since Ed Sheeran and the labels are kind of afraid as of what's to come. He sold out the three arena in minutes. He's playing in March. They think in the next 12 months, he could be just as big as Ed Sheeran. Wow. And he's normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was chatting to a fellow the other day and he was telling me, he says, this is mad. He said, we've not seen these stats in a long, long time. He's had one album that people know about and they're only starting to listen to it now. He hasn't been able to properly tour. The three arena gig is going to be Incredible, and if you listen, if you watch the performance he did last night at the Brits, I haven't heard a crowd like that go wild in ages. Yeah, so yeah. and that's that's how Ed, Ed kind of started with people going Ed who, yeah, and for yeah. a long time and people went Ed who, and now they'd say this guy's doing it again. Yeah, it, like it's just like fair play to him. He, everyone probably remembers him from the BBC Breakfast uh, interview that he did only a couple of months ago. Uh, he's from Newcastle, and I think Newcastle they beat some team or whatever, and he ended up finishing a gig, going off celebrating with Newcastle, and then was on BBC Breakfast the next morning, All and right. uh, he was a bit worse for wear. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, Crossy, thanks. Listen, Sam Fender, the name to watch for 2022. Thanks to Crossy, real the roundup of the the Brits last night quickly. Val, what was your headline? Morning. Morning, PJ. Simple Simon won't meet Biden. Yeah, that one jumped out at us. Thanks for that. You got our 350 euro voucher. Stay there. She's in Kilbritton.
uh, €350 Euro voucher with one for all. Thanks to Board Gosh Energy, who use a 19 point separate check to ensure your boiler is running safely and efficiently. They have appointments right now, boardgashenergy.ie forward slash services. And a little surprise on Friday. Another one tomorrow, and then a little surprise on Friday. We'll pick a headline of the day and you rewrite it for us. Bit of crack, bit of fun. We have been inundated with messages of all kinds. I'll try and get to the ones we've had to hold over. When we're back, first thing in the morning, just after nine. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 